Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We're going to kick off the show hearing from some New York City area folks today. I am so excited that Lisa is joining the show to kick us off. Lisa, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Hello. Thank you for making time. And I'm very curious what the sensitive situation is on your mind today. You know, when you asked about a difficult conversation, I'm always uh, brought back to, and this is a dated conversation, but it honestly was very defining for me, was um, when uh, I was pregnant with my son, this was a long time ago, um, you know, we had to have conversations with our bosses that, um, about getting time off. I was a commissioned salesperson, and we had to discuss getting our... Um, our commissions while we were out on leave. And I say we, cause it was a, a couple of colleagues of mine that were also pregnant alongside of me. And, you know, while this is, this was 18 years ago, my son is 17. Now I still counsel women, you know, on this as a, as a job landing coach, as a resume writer, I still coach women on how to handle pregnancy when they're interviewing, you know, should I mention it? Should I not mention it? What if I'm, you know, showing, not showing, like if, I, how do I get time off if I just started or, you know, I've been there a long time. How do I, you know, be able to take the time off without having to work during my leave? So I feel like while this was a difficult conversation that I had and, and my boss to his credit was amazing and he, um, you know, gave us pretty much everything we asked for and he honored it as something that needed to be changed in the company at the time. And cause it wasn't really firm policies at the time, it's still something I literally coach people on today. So I thought it was a great conversation springboard um, to bring up. Oh, I so <laughs> appreciate you for just bringing it up because I do think it's front and center uh, still. And it's not, you know, this is, this is a lot of art, right? It's not a science kind of answer, ABC. And so I appreciate you bringing right. it up and it's sort of evergreen. Um, and, and I, I think the first thing, as listeners have heard, it really starts within, with each person. Mm -hmm. And it's totally valid, and it's important to just honor what are the, what are the fears or how do we feel about it. And you right. know, for some women, right, this may be the thing that they've just really most wanted in their lives, and that's so amazing, you know. And maybe for some folks it was unexpected, you know. So just getting whole within Lisa would be how mm -hmm. I would start because that kind of creates the grounding for you to then think about the others. So the next thing is, well, what is going on for the firm? And I think, you know, when you think you're helping people land jobs, I think part of um, folks' opportunity when they interview is just really understanding the culture. So just, you know, bringing that up as a front and center curiosity thing, maybe you're not pregnant now, but maybe you are wondering how does the firm think about that? So you know, being up front and getting some insight into how that's handled. Is that not a big deal? Oh my gosh, we do it all the time. Or, oh, well, we haven't had many, you know, women. It just gives you some information. It doesn't mean it's a bad place, but I think that right. understanding where they are is key. And, you know, here you are, a commissioned salesperson. You can imagine, right? Wow. Frontline, if the people are, you know, in the field, we may not be generating Revenue, so we could imagine that could be stressful for the organization, right? Not that they can't right. be solved for, right? But just appreciating what might it be like for the employer. Yeah. So I think, right? I think, so I think it's, you know, it's like acknowledging the business situation, you know, as if, as if not to diminish, you know, pregnancy in any way, but like as if it was any other business situation, how would you assess it? And then, because yeah. I think once we do that, you can then come up with a plan, um, you know, and um, unlike other scenarios that can be more emergent where you don't have time to plan. This is something you have time to plan, right? So I think it's just a matter of uh, acknowledging, you know, what 
needs to happen in the business and then, uh, you know, helping the business, arranging coverage, you know, acknowledging where the resources are. I mean, and that's what my, you know, colleagues and I basically did at the time. And, and again, it was receptive because especially, you know, 18 years ago, it may not have always been receptive. Even today, sometimes it's not always receptive, but um, unfortunately, but, but I think that's, you know, something to to digest in terms of addressing it. And, but you bring up a good point. It's It really does start with, from within. You know, you have to believe you're worthy of it. You have to believe that it is just simply humanity that needs to be addressed in the workplace and, um, you know, in a, in a formative, uh, progressive way. And it's giving your employer an opportunity to do so. And, and hopefully they, they step up to the occasion. Yeah, for sure. And I want to credit you and your colleagues because 18 years ago, that was a very different conversation. I could imagine feeling quite risky. So great for you to pave the way. To continue on, right, you put yourself in the other person's shoes, organization's shoes. And then the third thing is like, mm-hmm. well, what serves the whole? And it, this is hard because it's a very personal thing. But if you take a moment to step back and you're like the CEO of the organization, you're the organization that wants to sustain, it's like, wow, don't we want to be able to support, right, an environment that male, female, and nurturing our young people. Hello, is there anything more important in the world than nurturing our young people, right? Right. So that you think about that we want to help create, as you mentioned, a solution. How do we create something that, you know, we can understand, understanding this is the role and this is the impact. How do we come forward with a positive solution? Not, you know, yes, I guess it's a problem piece, but staying high and saying, I know that we can find a way. And where there's a will, there's a way. And I really want to offer that to people because I think sometimes it's like, well, it hasn't been done before. Or no, it, and you have to think it, if people really want to make it work, Lisa, we absolutely, can make it work, right? So um, the, willing, I, the I, willingness has to be there. If the willingness is there, then you can typically find a solution. And and frankly, you know, this is also you know as 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 someone who's been the breadwinner, you know, in in our family. You know, my husband was a stay-at-home dad for six years with our, our children. You know, it also, you know, it does, it applies to paternity leave. Like, you know, you may have, you know, unfortunately a difficult pregnancy or a difficult birth. Like, how are you, you know, a man, you know, or, or the, the, the partner is only given two weeks off, right? <laughs> how are you supposed yeah. to yeah. support your, the person who gave birth if, you know, everybody's got to go back to work right away, right? Sometimes you actually need help, um, you know, so it, it really, it goes in all the directions, you know, um, for partner leave as well as, you know, uh, birth leave, right? So I think the, conver- you know, again, it goes back to supporting and that the supporting happens beyond the birth, right? <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Um, you're spot on on that. You're spot <laughs> Totally. And so let's just go there because people are thinking, well, what if there's not the willingness at the firm? Okay, this is a very big deal. Right. So you're getting in the conversation. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. You're sensing a little pushback. So this is the thing for folks. Just acknowledge it. Okay, there's a little pushback here. Let's not judge it like they're bad, right. I'm bad. You know, just say there's a... And then notice it, you know, Sam, I'm noticing, I'm feeling a little bit of pushback on this. Is that the case? Pause. Right. Right? And just let the person say, you know, I'm just exhausted. Oh, okay, great. Maybe, maybe it's not what you thought it was. Maybe it's like, well, look, it, I, my boss want, is expecting this from me. And I'm, if you're out, I'm not going to. Sam, I so appreciate, acknowledge a person, you're bringing this up. And I get it because I thought about being in your shoes. So, again, it right. doesn't necessarily change the situation, but that other person is, is feeling that you're partnering with them and you're acknowledging their experience as much as you want them to acknowledge yours. Mm-hmm. But I just offer right. that for folks, you know, and there's nothing to be afraid of in that you, what you don't want is for people not to tell you what they really think, right? And so part of that is right. your role in helping create that space where someone says, you know, you know, I, I'm so happy for you, but I'm, I'm just like, it's, I'm like, I don't even know what we're going to do at work. Hey, I got it, you know, and I appreciate your happy right. for me and I can, you know, and so again, that relational part, if you lean into that partnering thing, that will set, I think, a better stage for the solutioning. So now if the situation is where the person is just Heisman, Heisman, just, you really feel it's a bad thing, you know what, acknowledge it. 
do what you can do to make the best situation. And maybe this isn't the longest place for one. That's okay. Right. Your long, right. Your long term home employment home. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You can't, you can't, you can only do what you can do and just appreciate that that's where they are and don't make yourself bad because you won't be able to convince them. Okay. That's okay. Right. Um, But I think, no, frankly, it's definitely not, you know, the person's fault if they're not, if the company is not willing to, accept what's becoming more acceptable and should be more acceptable, right? So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely not a fault issue, right? That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I appreciate you bringing this up. And if folks have other uh, questions, I, I, I welcome them to call in. I, I'm really, uh, Pete, because you have this really, you had a really cool article. You shared it with me. So you want to say a little bit of, for listeners, because I thought we could unpack this Wall Street Journal piece that. Um, yeah, no, and, and it, 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 it does sort of, you know, address even what we, what the difficult situation and what we just discussed. The, the Wall Street Journal article was um, about uh, ruthless productivity and, and basically it was addressing everyone getting back into the, the office, um, you know, post pandemic and how to be productive again in the office and, you know, whether you block off time or you wear headphones and, and, you know, it was, you know, it, ideas we've heard before, but just in a different context about being product, product, productive with the shift of everyone or a lot of people now going from a remote setting or, and back into the office. And, but, but what was, for lack of a better word, triggering for me <laughs> was mm-hmm. the, the concept of ruthless productivity. And, you know, I, I just, the, the slant of the article was, you know, as if getting back into the office was one of the best ways and only ways to be productive. And I I was just like, good Lord, can we finally acknowledge that if the pandemic didn't teach us anything, is that we all work differently, you know? And if you truly want to be ruthlessly productive, you know, again, the air quotes around that, then I think you really need to acknowledge that people are productive differently. You know, not everyone is going to be productive in an office. Not everyone is going to be productive in an office eight hours a day. Some people may need to go in twice a week for four hours and they can get enough people time that they're productive than the rest of the time or they get collaborative productivity for that time that they're in the office and they're the people who need to, you know, play with a fidget toy while not on video Zoom and and they're productively thinking while they're listening even if they're not physically looking at, you know, a screen on video. Um, Like we just need to accept that people are productive in different ways. You know, there's people caring for elderly parents while they're homes, people who have kids and newborns and, you know, there's single people who really need to get out of the, get out of the house sometimes, um, maybe more than others who have a lot of people in the house versus, and then some people, a lot of people in the house, they actually really need to get out of the house. So, you know, everybody's different. And if you can't, I think, be quote, ruthlessly productive, if you just assume everybody's going to be productive in the office now that that's the way we're going back. And it just, you know, it, I, I was just was for a platform like the Wall Street Journal. I was just like, let's just take a step back and use it as an as a place to you know, report on the productivity that did happen outside the office, the, the productivity that happened in hybrid scenarios, and then let's take the best of every scenario and try to bring it together to quote be ruthlessly productive. But to think that ruthless productivity only happens in the office, I just think is narrow. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I hear you. And I, it doesn't and acknowledge folks, that people are different, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I hear you. And for folks listening, I had chimed in on uh, Lisa's LinkedIn post because I got her emotion there, and she was like, "I called BS on this," and so I just offered. <laughs> I I had read it a little differently, right? So clearly, it hit a, a chord for you, which is super. Absolutely, yeah. Right. What I might my, my offer, perspective. Right? Yeah. yeah, it was just yeah. your perspective. I think an opportunity in all folks is that. Um, assuming positive intent and that, and it was author uh, Rachel Feinzig, I guess, that, you know, yes. also they have to sell. The word ruthless maybe sells, right? I could I could give right. a whole pass for just write that. And then I think one might be disappointed. I think you are, like you see a lost opportunity. And it might be a way to say, I know it was with positive intent that Rachel wrote this to try to, you know, create this topic. And you know, for me, it landed a certain way, which is, again, 
just not, I'm trying not, not trying to sugarcoat it, but I also think what happens is people go tit for tat, Lisa, and it, it mm-hmm. kind of escalates, right? And now we're like, it's kind of emotional. So it feels very, like Lisa's very emotional about this, you know? And your point, I think what the reason I call that out is I, I think it may detract from actually your very good points, right? And so mm-hmm. the ability to say as an on-ramp, I, you know, I, I, I know that, She's the author's trying to raise us in a positive way, and then, and I'm sure that that she's seeing this too. I would like to call out, you know, these these great positive things and staying high mm-hmm. and showing the positive stuff. I think it's just an example because you know you've got a lot of folks with you, and I think it's fair for us to rant. I think it puts people on their heels and creates a little bit more of this divisiveness we're in society. So I just think to the extent that. You know, you can stay high, lean positive. It just sets an example for folks who are kind of looking to complain, I think, sometimes. And so that was my only, you know, kind of how it landed for me, because I think your points are super huge and that bosses may unintentionally not realize that by some of the ways that the the, the author wrote, that it could actually create fear or otherwise people uh-huh. are not feeling, you know, appreciated or respected, which is, of course, the last thing any boss wants to do, right? So right. That, that was kind of my, my two cents on that. Uh, no, and, 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 I, and I appreciate that. I mean, like, you know, emotion, right, sells on both sides, right? So um, on all sides. So, but I think, um, in fact, when I, when I read it, and she does great work, and that was, you know, just because I disagree with the premise, it, it's nothing negative she does great work i read her column quite often as the careers person um but i it it actually like almost made me sad by the time i got to the end of the article because i felt like what they what she was describing was difficult right and but i and that to me was the point it's like we're trying to i sometimes i think companies are trying to force people into this premise of back at work in an office is you know the best way to do it and it just was a little tiring because I was like did we learn anything from any of this it's just that you know we need to acknowledge that productivity really happens differently and look I I like being I like maximizing productivity as much as the next person especially as as an entrepreneur like you know the whole hustle thing and I buy into the positive aspects of that, but at the same time, it can have negative aspects. Like you have to acknowledge that we need downtime. We have to acknowledge that we need time to think, right? That doesn't get prioritized um, often except at the executive level. But like, I think everyone needs time to like process, think, strategize, come up with what are the good ideas that they need to present to their team or, or what to do to advocate for themselves. And we don't get time to think or process, um, you know, because we have to have the FaceTime or the illusion of working at work, it, it's it, it it's not productive. It actually, to me, is counterintuitive to ruthless productivity. So, like, I just think that it was, you know, we need to, it, it, I felt sad for the person, like, that, that was being described in the article as, like, trying to find, the, you know, a place in the office to get some work done. And, and it's because not everybody is charged by, you know, an in-person environment. And so um, that was sort of the angle, for, you know, for me. It was yeah. just, like, this could really be a springboard, you know, this this entry, this re-entry can be a springboard to, adopting to just how people do work and it really can benefit the bottom line by acknowledging the differences, right? It's not just a social experiment or a kumbaya kind of moment, which, I mean, and you can do things for just that reason. Also, there's nothing wrong with it and should be in many cases for certain scenarios, but, but this actually to me also affects the bottom line, which then everybody's winning because if things are funded, it makes more sense to do it. Yeah, you. I am nodding my head and smiling. Super wise words. I really, I really <laughs> echo you. your thoughts, Lisa. And I want to encourage for listeners: you need to ask for what you need, and exactly. you know, I think you no, know, have the positive intent. That an organization does not want you to feel bad, otherwise be stressed out, because you're not going to do your best work. So I think a lot of times people want to blame, like this is the way it has to be. I'm like, well, if you think so, then good luck with that. And so I just want to offer the notion of thinking, the notion of, you know, taking a step back. These are, these are things that organization needs. And if you feel like it's, that's not what's going on, a skillful way might to be say, you look at, I see a lot spinning all over, a lot of tips going, um, um, you know, 
plate spinning for us. I just want to call this out. I'm feeling X, Y, Z and create the opportunity for your team to talk about it and to co-create an environment whereby you folks can, you know, the productive word is, I mean, I'm like you, I'm like, whatever, that's not the word. I'm like, do we know what we're trying to do? Do we know how we're going to come together to do it? You know, and then let's do it, you know, and, and I think if we focus on that, that, that the good things happen. So, um, Lisa, I'm yeah, so glad know, that we crossed paths. Same. I am, too. I'm really gra- glad to be here. This is awesome. Um, do you have, and we covered a lot, but I always like to ask callers, a top takeaway from our little chat? I, I think a top takeaway is, you know, in absence of information, don't, don't assume um, that what you need can't happen. And it's to reiterate what you were saying, it's just, you know, to really ask for what you need, like be your own advocate. And I'm a big believer in, in employee happiness doesn't only reside with the employer making it happen for the employee. It's the employee has to, at every level, employee has to, you know, accept jobs that, you know, are making, are going to make them happy, advocate them for themselves on the job out to, in order to be happy. And, and that it's, it's, it's a, you know, a two-way street. When you put too much in the hands of the employer and it doesn't go your way, you know, it's by no means, I'm not by by any means blaming the the employee, but at the same time, I I sometimes, when somebody says, I'm not getting this, I'm like, have you asked? And I'd say like at least 50% of the time, the the answer is no. So I'm like, all right, well, why'd you ask? You know, and and I know there's a risk involved with that. I don't mean to oversimplify it, but, um, but at the same time, you know, there is always an opportunity to advocate and in 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 most cases it can be a safe environment in which to do so and you know that's why you have advisors and mentors to kind of help you through that and navigate that i wouldn't necessarily do it alone but you know the key is to just advocate for yourself super super own your happiness folks lisa i appreciate you if i can be of more help you know how to reach me don't hesitate absolutely to ask, right i thank and you for being part of the solution you take good care take care thank you so much Okay, we're going to stay in the Big Apple area, and I am excited to welcome Devon to the show. Devon, thank you for joining me on Say It Skillfully. Hi, pleasure, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What uh, challenging conversations on your mind? I think the challenging conversation on my mind is um, how do we change in other way how my children are going to look for jobs in the future. Um, you know, something I've been pondering on for years and something I think I, I might have a solution. But that's, that's been something that I keep asking myself every day. You know, how do I change the hiring industry? You know, how do I change the way uh, my children, your nephews, nieces, our grandchildren get hired in the future? That's been uh, in my mind all the time. So this is a very hot topic, I'm sure. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how the conversations go now. Are your kids, are they thinking uh, the way you think they need to think? Uh, or do you think that there is a change that need, they need to have? And similarly, on the employer side, you know, what are the conversations you're having and how do you think that needs to shift? Uh, my children right now are on Twitch. They're building virtual environments in Minecraft. They play in Roblox. They were born with iPads. And um, they're live streaming quite often, right? I mean, they are on Discord chatting with friends. Uh, That's what they do right now. Um, I think I was born with Abacus. Uh, You know, I think I saw a computer as a system in my high school. I started to have a personal PC, uh, you know, when I came to this country. So I think our journey and uh, my children's journey has been completely different. But I think the way how we have educated ourselves, which has probably transformed a little bit, but how we, we, we source talent, how we get our jobs has not changed much. It's, it's the same thing. We applied band-aids or band-aids on a system that continues to operate the same. You know, probably it has innovated a little bit on sending text messages, you know, emails, but if you were to get a job today, if I were to get a job today through our systems, uh, good luck to us. So I think yeah. uh, when, I, when I talk to my children about LinkedIn, when I talk to my children about creating a resume, my son is in high school, he's like, um, yeah, it's like writing an essay, right? A resume is writing an essay. Why would I have to say that? I can just talk about myself in, in a minute on a video, 
I can live stream about myself. Um, so I think, you know, our systems are not millennial, Gen Z, and Gen A focused. Um, I think we still follow the old traditional methods. Obviously, hiring managers and some of the organizations have not transformed. The muscle memory is still the same. The system has always been the same. Uh, but I think um, the environment is changing rapidly around us. You know, hailing a cab 10 years back was different from now. Ordering food five years back is different from now. Watching a movie, for the, you know, two years back and now is completely different. Um, and I think uh, we, we have to transform. And employers um, are receptive, but I think innovation takes time. Innovation adoption takes time. Uh, it's a lot of education involved. Uh, it's a lot of, um, you know, mindset change that's involved. And, and I think COVID, you know, a uh, lot of people lost their, their lives. A lot of people lost their jobs. But also it gave us an opportunity to innovate. People have become very receptive on some of the new concepts. Yeah, so let's unpack this because I'm really, I'm very keen on this. I've had numerous, numerous friends who have tried to do the online hiring thing. And, you know, and, you know, folks know I worked at Cisco. I'm a big tech. I like tech. There's a lot of positive things that have happened. But, you know, people solve problems, not technology. And the experience that these folks have shared with me was so mind-numbing, not unlike your son. It just gets into this mill of buzzwords, keywords. It's all kind of, you know, mind, um, you know, by a system. And then someone who might be 24 calls you, who may be a 30-year veteran, and, you know, proceeds to interrogate you. And you're like, you don't even know what you're talking it's, it's It's not effective. And it's, it's pretty dehumanizing, if not demoralizing, for a lot of folks. Um, so it sounds like you're in this, this business. And I, I'm just wondering, in your conversations with employers, you know, how, do you, how have you tried to raise? You know, I'm just kind of wondering, like, the system you're doing, like, is it really working for you? You know, because I, again, it may be fabulous and people, tons of people are getting jobs online. I just, the folks that I've, you know, know well have, have not had a wonderful experience. Got it. And, and so I, I think the, the premise I'm trying to build is I'm, I'm not trying to fix the Pony Express to add better horses. Um, I'm trying to, as Zafai, my company, is trying to build the next hyperloop, to say, right? Because we can't fix the problem. I think the better, better thing is to create a new solution to the problem. Um, so let's say America's got talent or America, American Idol, right? You know, I think everyone starting from age five, you know, to age 90 sits in front of America's got talent and looks at talent, right? On video, we get excited. You know, you know, we think, you know, when someone comes to perform, you know, we sometimes judge them, you know, based on how they look to say, what is this person going to perform? Everyone is quiet. But once they showcase that talent, people just stand up, start, start to clap, start to, you know, you know, raise their arms, you know, you know, appreciate the person's talent. Think about the same thing that happens if we are doing hiring. How about we can present a person on a video, right? You know, the small videos like TikTok videos, right? Um, have the person understand the person, you know, their talent, how they speak. Do not discriminate based on their name. Do not discriminate, but based on purely the talent, how they can communicate themselves. And, and cut down all the challenges of scheduling interviews, scheduling time to talk to them. Uh, so, I, so I'm trying to say, how can we have that human touch? So, so that is the whole piece of what I'm trying to build. It's, it's um, simply put it, what if TikTok, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse had a baby? What it would be? And how can we have people interact and engage and hire people? And my conversation with all the employees I've pitched is has always been successful. I think the success rate is great. They say, hey, great idea. This is the future. I think uh, the challenge I, you know, I have is in the adoption, right, where the hiring manager or the recruiter would now want to say, okay, you know, I, I like the concept, but I still want the old way. I still want to have the same resumes, right? You know, this is going to take time. You know, uh, I still have people, some people are really introverts, you know, who don't want to put their face on a video as an example. So those are the challenges I'm trying to face to say, how can I have them adopt? How can I create new technologies that can make an introvert come in front of a camera, like in a Snapchat, not even show them, but they can show their personality through an avatar, uh, and how we can actually promote an unbiased, a fair environment 
to to showcase talent another day so I, i think i'm going through an interesting journey of of giving a different solution which which has been well received by many employers i think the challenge is converting them into really changing the muscle memory you know to to really use a new system and that's where i think you know i, I spend a lot of time telling them how to do it telling them how to assess it you know same with the job seekers how to record a great video uh, and i think this this has been my learning so far yeah i'm hearing you really at the forefront and you've you kind of sold the concepts so of the hiring manager wants it. and then they're like right devan however this is hard that is hard so you want them to actually adopt the innovation and do it so when they push back you know i think this is where i it really the rubber meets the road because people also want to be coming across as innovative so someone like you they're like, oh yeah yeah we love this new idea right and so it strikes me as your ability to really hone in on the folks who really want to do it is really important because you have limited time right and the ability to ask the kinds of questions to just say oh i hear you uh, say more and to have them unpack the real problem and and to work back and forth to see if they really want to solve it or not correct and right so that i think is the skillfulness cuz you i could see you like you you can see the future right you're like this is what could happen but they've got to want it and the driver for change has to come from them absolutely right? so i can so, have the dance floor and and it takes you know maybe the first person comes and dance still others won't dance but i think it needs a couple of people who are really interested to dance to come to the dance floor and dance otherwise it can be the best dance floor but getting the right people who are interested to dance you know is really important for everyone who's not willing to dance to come and dance later yeah i think this this in an in innovation the 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 folks you start with um you know i think to me it's they there has to be the will they they really want to do it they want to be out in front and they're going to make great lead dogs because you right. as an entrepreneur have very limited you know bandwidth like an all all from limited resources and you know i say this kind of broadly for people as you're as you're looking to create change in the world you know all the targets aren't the same right and and they may even have enough money even it's like are they the ones who will have the credibility and have the interest to help lead the change with you and um i'm kind of laughing i just have to mention this way back when i had run a nonprofit and we were doing a little bit of fundraising and i remember telling the board i said you know it isn't just money they're like well we just need money no it depends where the money come from comes from do so you want Very money true. that is interested in 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 working the way in the strategic vision you have and that's super important you know it's it's not just kind of any money or any client right who gets it going um wow so that's fascinating let me just flip to the the youth side of it and it sounds like your kids are on fire on all this technology do you um as a parent talk to them about what they do careers i'm just curious you know how, what ages and and how well, you're i think my, the design i mean interestingly the design of my app and the solution that was vetted by children <laughs> so my son is one of the guys you know who actually tested you know i i run through all the design with my daughter who's 11 um you know when i talk about careers and i when i give them example of you know linkedin apps like yeah this is good but I like, you know, Snapchat. You know, I like TikTok, right? Um and I, I you know, my son probably is going to be in the work for 6 years from now. Um I do not want him I mean he is he is a person of color, brown skin, uh you know, you know, you know, you know America is divided, you know, there's so much diversity and equity and fairness conversation happening all the time. Uh and I've, I've I've me as an immigrant, you know, living in two countries, I've faced discrimination on both sides. so how do we eliminate that using technology you know and how and i see discrimination every time in school you know uh, and i think you know it's a constant conversation with them to understand i'm not building a system for myself you know i'm already in the in in the system already but it is for the future and how do they look at discrimination i mean latest research from gen z's and millennials show they want to move jobs quickly they are very you know intended on solving the diversity and and the problem with environment and so so all these things are very important and my conversation with them has always been how to build a system that is 10 years in the future um so it's been very helpful um i think they give me a lot of feedback 
um, you know, my my rush is to get this technology out sooner than later before my son hits hit the employment or he, he starts to be an entrepreneur or whatever he wants to be. But it's a constant uh, evolution. Um, for example, one of the features I have, we are building, we are testing out right now is um, finding jobs like Pokemon, right? Like Pokemon Go. How can you use augmented reality to find jobs around you, right? Because my son has been playing Pokemon forever. Pokemon Go is still a famous, famous app. How can we use the same technology and the same methods to find jobs around you? So I think it's a constant thinking to make sure their behaviors right now as children or millennials or Gen Zs is something that we'll use for the future, for hiring or for sourcing or for getting the best talent on board. Well, my hat's off to you for being such an engaged parent. I uh, appreciate your sharing having experiences of discrimination, and I'm sorry for that, although I know it's made you stronger, Devon, you know, and I think that you're helping your children to have uh, the confidence to find their place in the world is, you know, is just the greatest opportunity of being a parent. Um, I'll stay tuned on this. Uh, I am curious from our little conversation, a top takeaway that you have? I think that the top takeaway is you know, finding the right sort of employment partners, right? The employers who are, uh, who are interested, I think it's always um, the, uh, the getting to the right target audience is a key. Uh, I think, you know, with my limited resources and time, I'm looking for the right person to tango. Um, you know, I've had a lot of interesting clients, some of the Fortune 500 clients interested. Um, and I think it's more engagement that's needed. And, and I think, you know, more feedback is needed for me to build the next uh, next steps. So I think, you know, thanks for all the feedback. And uh, that's something that I'm going to leverage, I think, you know, as we go into the next few months of pitching these ideas. I love it. I love it. I am um, delighted that you've joined me. I'm inspired by what you stand for and what you're doing, Devon. So uh, you know how to reach me. If I can be of help, you let me know. And I want to thank you for being part of the solution, my friend. You take good care. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, so fabulous. Okay, we are now going all around the world to India and to Chennai, where I actually have been to Chennai, and I'm going to welcome Priya to the show. Priya, I know it's late in your day, and uh, it's wonderful to hear from you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me here, Molly, and uh, it's uh, really fabulous to have a conversation with you, and I've been following you for quite a long time, and you are so inspiring. I just wanted to say this to you. It's so nice. Thank you. Thank you, my friend, for sharing that. I'm really uh, excited to have a live conversation with you. So what uh, is on your mind? Yes, Molly, I have something. Like um, most of the startups, when they hire, they have a firing policy so sooner. Not all the startups, but few startups. So this was a real-time scenario quite a few years ago. So a woman had a break of four to five years in her career, and she went to a startup. She attended an interview, and it was just one month. And, you know, not all the startups give us training. They don't allow us to settle. Uh, so that was a situation where uh, she, she has been informed by the company manager stating that she or he is not fit for the role in just next one month. And it was devastating for that particular person. And uh, they just wanted to uh, know how to move forward. So what would be your advice on this? Should they move forward or leave the company? Because the uh, hiring manager or the manager has said that he or she is not fit for the role in just one month without no proper training and all that. Though the person has to be on the ground, how to handle this particular situation, Molly? I would love to hear from you. Oh, wow. That's brutal. Yikes. Okay. So thank you. Thank you for bringing it up. Kudos to your friend here who you know spent time off and then got back in the saddle. And I am very sorry that... Um, kind of that's a little bit of a shocking thing to be told you're not fit for the role. That's certainly not super nice. Before I go to her exact situation, I do want to offer for folks who are interviewing, and I know it feels like you've got to sell yourself, you've got to get the job. You don't want to get the job in the wrong place. Okay, Getting the job in the wrong place or doing the wrong thing, while it might seem like a win short term, is not necessarily really a good even medium term thing. So if you're interviewing, know enough to value yourself 
to set up the kinds of questions that you want to find out about the organization to ensure that it is a fit culturally, that environmentally in terms of how they want you to work, when they want you to work, it's going to work for you so that you can spread your wings, do your best work, you know, feel that you're contributing and then have a virtuous cycle of doing well at the workplace. And that is a two-way street, folks, right? So, you know, not all companies are right for everybody. And it is up to you to be able to make an informed decision about what's right for you. So I just want to encourage folks who might feel like they're, you're getting interviewed, you also need to be interviewing the employer, okay? Um, having said that, I think that, you know, in a conversation right then and there, if someone said you're not fit for the role after one month, I could imagine it being a little shocking, right? And so I think the pause, and it may seem like a long time, so literally take a few breaths, like, and, and I might say, wow, I'm a bit surprised to hear this, or however you're feeling. Just articulate how you're feeling. Pause, okay? And then um, I am, I'm, I'm really surprised, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to hear that because I have been working really hard. Could you say more about this? Right? Okay. And, and see what comes from that, right? In, in 2021, you know, for someone to just come in and announce that, you know, I might think, well, they're just getting rid of people, so they want to get rid of you, right? I mean, that's, that I'm kind of, that would be my assumption, which is not a good one. So just figure out what they're saying. And, and, and see what's substantiated or not. And there may be a really big gap, meaning your friend thought that they were trying and learning or whatever, and for whatever reason, this company manager has had no visibility, has no idea about anything. So I think engaging in a dialogue, Priya, would be the first thing. So how's that land for you? Yeah, that's perfect. I think many people would really get uh, good insight from this particular thing. Well, and then the follow-on is, maybe you could help me, did, what, what was, do you know what the, the actual issue was, you know, as, as did, did, or did she just bow out of the situation? Uh, the issue should be probably she was pregnant at that time. She has told the HR that she was pregnant the next month. So it would have gone internally to the managers here. And then he thought, okay, okay we shouldn't pay her much. And there should be some personal things that involved that uh, they, they are going to pay somebody who's going to get pregnant, who will not be protective. So that, that should be the uh, reason I personally guessed, Molly. Oh, that's a guess. Okay, we got that. I, I could see that. So again, folks, to the earlier when Lisa brought this up, you know, I, I do... You know, we weren't there, so I'm not going to assume. But to the extent yeah. that people can interview, how do we handle, right, family leave, right, if an elder person is ill, maternity leave, and just get an understanding of, of that environment. And I think for folks, you know, a startup is a pretty crazy, intense, unpredictable, you know, kind of a beast. So I think appreciating that I'm not making excuses for people, but you really want to lean into understanding how the founders and and think about family and will they create a space for folks to thrive. And it certainly could be workable if they wanted to, but if they don't want to, you can't make them want to. Right, Priya. So I think that that is, that is something that, um, you know, as an employee, uh, you just have to be wise to, um, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry that that happened. That's a total bummer. I, I've heard women have to think about, as, as Lisa mentioned, do you hide being pregnant? And that's just is a bummer. I get it. Um, so I think to the extent that people can be more transparent just to understand what people think, not to necessarily make them wrong or bad about it, and then decide for the individual, does it work for me? Right. And it may not. Um, so tell me more. Uh, another t- uh, topic that uh, you, you might be curious about. Uh, actually, I personally feel that uh, I'm getting empowered through Say It Skillfully episode. <laughs> so there, there is nothing currently that runs in my mind. But all of your episodes are really helpful for the real-time scenarios. And we really learn how to be skillful uh, while talking to a person uh, from the lower to the top management. That's really great and wonderful, Molly. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I do want to push a little because I am curious... Um, in your own um, 
workplace, if I were to ask you in situations, regardless of whether it's with senior most people or with teammates or more junior people, if you had to assess yourself in saying what you think needs to be said at that moment in the group setting, how would you assess yourself? A 10 is, I always say what I think needs to be said, even if I'm disagreeing. And a five might be 50% of the time. I'm curious how you'd rate yourself. Okay, you're, you are asking that how, how would I assess myself? Yes, how would you self-assess your own you know, saying it? Okay, so personally, I uh, chose to be a bit cautious about what I'm doing, what my role or work is uh, like given, and uh, I'd go by being a little bit uh, aware of uh, how am I going to present. So that's the thing, like I would assist myself on my confidence, my communication, and in uh, what ways I can add value to that particular organization or work. Okay, I got it. So let me, uh, so let me break it down. So how, on a scale of 1 to 10... Okay, so I, I hear you being all conservative, which is great. How um, how much do you actually chime in, right? Ten would be like all the times I think I could chime in, I do. Five might be half the time. Okay, okay, you just want me to give a number. I'm <laughs> forcing you the uncomfortable thing of rating yourself with a number, Priya. Okay. So uh, I would give myself a 10 or 10. Why should I go less? Okay, you give yourself a 10. So you chime in all the time you think that you can chime in? Uh, not all the time. Uh, like regarding how the situation is over there, uh, I can just rate myself. If I'm not the best, I just um, maybe I have to reduce one or two from the uh, whole number. Or else okay. if, it is the, if the things are going right and everything is perfect and uh, whatever I did or I gave was best, I would definitely rate myself 10 on 10. If I'm not doing something good, I know, okay, I'm not right in this place, I would definitely cut on a few numbers. It all depends, like, how, how am I performing that particular time in that particular stage? Oh, okay. So it's based on performance. So if you're performing well, if I'm hearing you, you're like, okay, I'm in. But if maybe you're not performing so well, you hold back? Yeah, I hold back. Definitely. We need to accept, right? We cannot go and say in a place where we don't perform well, we have to ask for some time or training or what we can do better. Um, That's the thing that I I personally feel, Molly. uh, Like, is there anything that you would add to this particular thing? Yeah, well, so if I'm hearing you correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're not so sure of yourself, maybe you're, you're not sure what to do, you're not performing so well, when maybe you could ask for input or ask for help, I'm hearing you say that you don't do that as much. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay, good. So this is great. So listen, thank you for bringing that up because this is a big one because when we're not feeling so confident, okay, it's harder to use your voice. Very normal for listeners around the world here, right? So here's the thing. Number one, we all don't know how to do everything all the time. Like that's just a fact, right? So if you're kind of finding something difficult or you're not sure, Priya, just realize that that's a fact. Don't judge it right? You're not a bad person. You're, you're, this is normal. So I'm going to sense that you want to do great work and help your organization. Am I right? Right. You're right. Right. You're right. So then you say, okay, here I am. I've been tasked to do something and I'm not sure what to do or I've been fumbling. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just a little bit lost. Totally fine. Then you want to raise that with who, the folks who can help you in a way, right? Obviously, where you don't want to look like you're not working hard or you're not competent, Right. So it might be, oh, I've been tasked to do this. I've been working on it. I am, you know, struggling a bit. And I would really be grateful for some help. Can you spare a little time? Because I want to be able to contribute my best for the team, for the organization, for the project. Pause. Right. You know, I would dare say that I would think that you have colleagues that would want to help you. I think if someone asked you, Priya, you would want to help them, yeah? And, you know, that's a way of showing the vulnerability, showing that, hey, we're all perfectly imperfect. And here's a chance for someone, think about this, here's a chance for someone else to come in and be a hero and help you. Would you want to rob someone of that experience to be a hero and come and help you? 
Okay. How's that land? Yeah, it, it's really good. Okay. Okay. It's so good. I'm, I'm going to give you a little homework. Okay. And you're yeah. going to report back to me. So the next time this comes up, rather than kind of hang back, you're going to okay. you're going to go to that 10. You're going to go to the Priya 10 and you're going to say, uh-huh. okay, right? And we'll try okay. that out. Okay. Sure. Um, so now we've chatted a bit. Just do you have a top takeaway from our little conversation? Top takeaway? Uh, okay. I personally felt that we have to stand on our, on our ground and uh, we have to be a little bit aware and cautious of what's happening. And uh, as you said, uh, we have to open up and we have to ask uh, for whatever you said. That will help us to assess ourselves uh, on, on a good as, uh, perspective and scale, I guess. Okay, that sounds great. You are so sweet. I am cheering for you. You keep me posted and we'll be in touch. You take good care, okay? Sure. Thank you so much, Molly. Yeah, thank you for being part of the solution, Priya. Okay, wow, what a bright light. Okay, I'm going to wrap today with a thought from my friend and two-time NBA champion, Zaza Pachulia. And he shared, mentoring is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, and a push in the right direction. And that's a wrap. I thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your own top takeaways. And know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 